Welcome to the Calvary Assembly Podcast, with weekly messages from the Calvary Assembly of God Church in Lexington, Nebraska. You can find out more online at lexag.org and on Facebook at Calvary Assembly Lex. Thanks for listening. Today, uh, we are in the midst of a series called At the Movies. And uh, what we do is we just take popular movies and just look for truth in those movies. And so those of you watching the live stream, I apologize. We're not allowed to share the clips online. Uh, we do have a, a license that allows us to show those in church, but not online. So uh, you're still, you'll hear a little silence, but you'll get the gist of what's going on. So the movie we're going to look at today is just a really, really great movie. It's called Jesus Revolution. And if you haven't seen it, it's, it's actually a really, really well-made movie. You know, sometimes you watch a Christian movie because you feel like you should watch it because it's a Christian movie and you want to support it. This one was actually really well done, and it tells the true story of the Jesus movement in the 70s. How many of you guys remember that actually happening? Yeah, all right. How many of you were part of that movement? Anybody? Yeah, I know several uh, who actually came to Jesus during that movement. And what happened is there was a revival among the hippie movement, and the hippies were kind of an anti-establishment uh, anti-authority group that were kind of choosing, they were looking for truth and they were kind of doing it their own way. And so a revival happened among them and they started coming to church and it messed stuff up. Because uh, how many of you know when people who aren't really normal churchgoers come into church, it kind of messes with things. And that's a good thing because that's what Jesus is all about, right? Uh, so I'm going to show you kind of the trailer of the movie in case you haven't seen it, you kind of get the gist of what happens in the movie. I am not a square. I think we should invite Greg this weekend. What's this weekend? The mountain is high. How are we doing Southern These people are hippies, rebels against old-fashioned authority. I think these kids need help. They need is a bath. You're passing judgment on people you know nothing about. Maybe that's why your church is so empty. When God walks in here, brings me a hippie. I'll ask him what it's all about, because I do not understand. This house has a very good vibe. There is an entire generation searching. Slow down, man, slow down. Just in all the wrong places. If you want to reach my people, you need to speak to them in a language they understand. If I bring them in, I'm going to lose my job. We can only walk through doors open to us. In your church, that's a door that's shut. Probably noticed we have some guests here today. I'd like you to meet my new friends. Welcome. They don't belong here. Half of them aren't even wearing shoes. They're staining the new shag carpet. They need our help. If you feel like you're misunderstood and judged, you will find forgiveness and freedom right here. That was awesome. Now that door is open any time of day. And if there are some who don't like that, well then that door works both ways. All right, Pastor, let's begin. I was almost done with this, but then you did what nobody else would even dare. This thing that we found, I feel like I belong. You're gonna need a bigger church. country is a dark and divided place, but now there's hope and it's spreading. This is your home and I want you to tell all your friends about it. All right, so that's kind of the gist of the movie. The Jesus people showed up at church and messed everything up. That's kind of what happened. 
And guys, if we're going to grow in our relationship with Christ as individuals, if we're going to grow as a church, how many of you know we have to be stretched? Is stretching comfortable? No. No. And Jesus is the master at stretching us, isn't he? How many of you guys have ever said, yeah, I really want to grow, Lord, and then stuff comes your way? He says, all right, let me help you. Right? He stretches us. And many of us have seen that in our own personal lives. Jesus is really good at stretching us. And so what I want to look at today is how do we grow in our own relationship with Christ and let him stretch us? How do we grow as a church family and let him stretch us? And we're going to look in Mark chapter 2 today. If you have the Version Bible app, uh, the notes are there. Mark chapter 2. This is one of my very favorite stories of Jesus because it, it totally shakes people's cage a little bit. So in Mark chapter 2, Jesus is, is walking along, and he sees this tax collector sitting there. Now, what's wrong with the tax collectors? They were, if you could find the most deplorable people, the most unpopular people, tax collectors are like a rung below that. I mean, they were like the most unpopular of the most unpopular. And rabbis, which is what Jesus was, teachers of Jewish law, would go along, and they would find people to become part of their group, Right? And typically, if you're going to grow in your status as a, as a rabbi, who do you look for? The smart people, the popular people, you know, the ones who show lots of promise. And, and being a protege, who could, you could raise up to become a rabbi and, and have their own little group. And Jesus did exactly what? The opposite. He found the outcasts and the deplorables and the ones that nobody else thought, you know, the hotheads. And he said, come and what? Follow me. So we're going to look in Mark chapter 2, starting in verse 13. It says, Jesus went out to the lake shore again and taught the crowds that were coming to him. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting in his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Levi got up and followed him. Later, Levi invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. There are many people of this kind among Jesus' followers. So Let's just stop right there for a moment. Picture this scene. Jesus says, hey, tax collector, come follow me. So then Levi says, let's have a party at my house, and I'm going to invite all my tax collector friends. And then Jesus shows up with his disciples. And, I mean, you can just almost see, like, why are we here? Why are they here? You know, kind of one of those things. And that's exactly what happened because the religious leaders showed up, and the tax collector showed up, and here's Jesus in the middle of them. And so in verse 16, but when the teachers of religious law who were Pharisees saw him eating with tax collectors and other sinners, I mean, they're their own category of sinner, right? They asked his disciples, why does he eat with such scum? Wow. Why is Jesus among people who don't know Jesus? That's kind of his purpose, right? And then he says, when he heard this, he told them, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come to call those who not to call those who think they are righteous, but those who know that they're sinners. Lord, I pray this morning you would help us to, to apply your word to our lives. And Lord, help us to reach those who know they need you, and even those who don't. And Lord, we pray this morning as we look into your word, you would stretch us and grow us. And help us to know you better and be more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, this week we had kids camp, and here at the end of service, our kids camp leaders are going to come up and share a little bit about what God did at kids camp. Um, but guys, this is exactly what we do at church, right? 
We allow Jesus to grow us. This is what we do at camp. We allow Jesus to grow us. This week, this Sunday, last Sunday night, we took a group of students and uh, Kenny and Adrian and I, we went to a, a concert. Of a, he was a Christian artist, but he gets a lot of airplay on secular radio. So we go in and we're in line to get into the facility and it was sold out in Lincoln. And it was the funniest thing because there were a lot of people who don't know Jesus there. I mean, it was a rough crowd. And so you got all these church kids in their church shirts and then you got cross-dressers, they were there and you got people with like hardly any clothes on, men and women, it was disturbing. And you got a lot of beer and things and I was like, guys, this is awesome. This is what Jesus is about, reaching those who aren't apart, right? And when we first got in there, we're like, are we at the right show? You know, like, is this where we're supposed to be? But he's reaching these people. And guys, you hear stories about this guy's name's NF. He's a rapper. And he's very open about his struggles. Like, he struggles with just lots of different depression, bipolar, I mean, all these different things. And people write him letters, and they say, your song literally saved my life. I was getting ready to commit suicide, and I heard your song about hope, and it gave me hope. I mean, this kind of stuff's happening all the time. That's what Jesus did. He went out and he hung out with those who didn't want any part of the religious system. And so, guys, if we want to grow in our relationship with Christ, the first thing we see is growth requires discomfort. And now you're thinking, yay, right? If we want to grow, we have to be uncomfortable. We have to allow Jesus to make us uncomfortable. How many of you guys have ever told God that you wouldn't do something? How many of you ended up doing that exact thing you told God you wouldn't do, right? For years, we were youth pastors. I loved being a youth pastor. I loved hanging out with teenagers. And I said, I don't ever want to be a senior pastor. I never want to lead a church. I never want to be one of those guys. And guess what God did? He started telling me. And other people, they, hey, you're going to be a lead pastor. And he said, no, I am not. I am not. I am not. I am not. And we drove through Nebraska going to be youth pastor. I said, I would never want to live in that state. It's so flat and hot and buggy. And we did, we did the trifecta, right? We moved here, lead pastors, right? It was the whole thing. This is what Jesus does. He loves to make us so growth, guys. Growth requires discomfort. Growth, if we want to grow, if we want to be more like Christ, we have to be uncomfortable. I want to show you this scene. This pastor in this movie, and again, a true story, he started inviting hippies to church, and it messed stuff up. The church people were not happy because there were non-church people in church, so... It is yours. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care if anybody else thinks so. <laughs> if, if you feel like you're an outcast, then join us here. If you feel like you're misunderstood and judged, this is where you belong. If you feel ashamed or trapped in something you've done or are doing, you will find forgiveness and freedom right here. No guilt trips. <laughs> this is your home. And I want you to tell all your friends about it. There is a place for you. Now that door is open all the time for you, any time of day. And if there are some who don't like that, well then that door is open for you too. 
works both ways. Guess what? He lost some people, right? People said, I don't want a part of that. And guys, this is what we do. We, we reach out to those who don't know Christ. That's our whole purpose statement as a church, right? Reach out to those who don't know Christ and help them become Christ followers. That's why we're here. And Jesus showed up on the scene and he completely disrupted the established religious system. That's what Jesus did. He messed up the Pharisees. And it was God's plan, right? To send Jesus to be our sacrifice to end the religious system as it depends so we have access to God. But he did things the rabbis didn't do. Jesus hung out with sinners. Jesus was a fun guy to be around. That's why I get irritated sometimes. You see these pictures of Jesus and he's like, you know, I don't know that I want to hang around with him. But Jesus was fun. Levi invited him to a party with his tax collector friends. If you're inviting your friends over, you know, you don't invite that weird church person, right? You invite people who would tell them about Jesus in a fun way. That's why people were coming to Jesus. Who else came to Christ? Kids. Kids flock to Jesus. They don't come to people who aren't fun, do they? They, they come to people who will understand them. Jesus was someone that people wanted to be around. Jesus honored women. You talk about messing up the system. Remember the lady at the well? And he said, oh, go call your husband. And she said, I don't have a husband. And he said, you're exactly right. You've had five. And you're living with a guy who isn't. And he talked to her. And he gave her forgiveness. The woman who was caught in adultery, what did Jesus do? He said, I don't condemn you. Go and stop this lifestyle. Right? Jesus messed the religious system up. And instead of going after the ones that everybody else wanted, Jesus went after the ones that nobody wanted. And guys, there's a, a church in Los Angeles it's called the Dream Center, and uh, Tommy Barnett is the pastor there. And you know what these, this whole church did? Reached out to those that nobody else wanted. And their pastor said this. He said, if you'll go after the people nobody else wants, God will send you the people that everybody wants. And you know what their church did? They started going after. They, they rescued women out of prostitution all the time. They actually hire thugs to be there. <laughs> so when the, the pimps come to get the women back, they can't get in. Like, it's a great story. You'll hear them like, they'll go out in the van at night and they'll say, hey, ladies, do you want out of this lifestyle? Yes, well, come on, let's go. They'll take them to church and they have all these ex-drug dealers standing there like this and they'll drive their van through and the pimp shows up and they're doing this, you know, and they can't come in. But he, he talks about this incredible stories about giving altar calls for salvation and the pimps are walking down the aisle and it's like the lights are shining off all their caps on their teeth, you know, and their bright colors. And he said, they just lie in the front, giving their lives to Christ. That's what Jesus did, and that's what Jesus wants us to do. And Scripture tells us that we're supposed to embrace those who are outcasts. We're supposed to love them, embrace them. Listen to what James says. James is Jesus' brother. James chapter 2, verse 1 says, Dear brothers and sisters, how can you claim to have faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ if you favor some people over others? For example, suppose someone comes into your meeting dressed in fancy clothes and expensive jewelry, and another comes in who's poor and dressed in dirty clothes. If you give special attention and a good seat to the rich person, but you say to the poor one, you, you can stand over there or else sit on the floor. Well, doesn't this discrimination show that your judgments are guided by evil motives? Listen to me, dear brothers and sisters. Hasn't God chosen the poor in this world to be rich in faith? Aren't they the ones who will inherit the kingdom he promised to those who loved him? But you dishonor the poor. Isn't it the rich who oppress you and drag you into court? Aren't they the ones who slander Jesus Christ, whose noble name you bear? Yes, indeed, it's good when you obey the royal laws found in the scriptures. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you favor some people over others, you're committing a sin. You're guilty of breaking the law. 
Can't put it much plainer than that, can you? James says we need to go after those who don't know Jesus. We need to go after those who don't have hope because that's why we're here. Church isn't just for those who have it together. We're supposed to embrace those society forgets. Jesus made those people uncomfortable, the religious elite. He had parties with people that didn't know him. He went and he hung out. And that's what the Jesus movement did in the 70s. That's what this movie's all about. These people were coming to Christ in droves, and they was messing things up. And we got some great music out of it. You ever heard Keith Green? He was a hippie. Gave his life to Christ. He made some incredible, incredible music. Uh, you know, and so great stuff was happening. And so Jesus was disrupting the church norm. And we see that, guys, growth comes during times of discomfort. Growth comes during times of discomfort. We're called out of our comfort zones. And we see this all the time in Scripture. If we want to grow in our relationship with Jesus, Jesus is going to stretch us. If our church wants to grow and reach more people, he's going to stretch us, right? We see the priests, when they cross the Jordan River, what do they have to do? They had to step into the water, didn't they, before the water would start. When they were taking the promised land and they saw that big city, Jericho, what did God tell them to do? Walk around it for seven days. What? Why would I do that? That makes zero sense. Yeah, walk around it for seven days. On seven day, walk around seven times and blow a trumpet, and then the walls will fall down. I mean, we see this stuff happening all the time. We see that Jesus hung out with sinners. Joseph spent years in prison. Moses had to go face Pharaoh. God asks us to do things that are outside of our comfort zone. And so if you're here today, and you're saying, Jesus, I want to grow. I want to be used. He's going to say, perfect. And he's going to tell you to do something you don't like. Or not necessarily not like, something you're uncomfortable with. He's going to stretch you. But he will give you the strength to do it. He doesn't expect you to do it on your own. He may be telling you to go to a Bible college. And you say, what? He may be telling you to take ministry classes. What? No, me? No. Hey, I want you to go talk to that coworker that irritates you about me. I want you to forgive your father or your mother. I want you to forgive that person that hurt you. I want you to reestablish your relationship. And so, as churches, the Lord stretches us. Sometimes we have to be willing to give up our preferences in order to reach people who don't know Christ, right? Sometimes we have to be willing to do things. I remember my church in Missouri, I was a youth pastor, and you know, I told my pastor, I really want to reach these kids that are hurting. He said, go for it. I said, it might make a mess. And he said, do it. And so we started reaching kids that nobody else was. We, we started doing things, outreaches and things. And I remember the first time we had a pregnant teenager show up. She walked in the front door on a Wednesday night, and all the church ladies went, <gasps> and my pastor was like, yes! <laughs> He's like, we're starting to reach them, right? Where should that girl have been? Right there. Right there. And they, they got around to it. They, you know, they started showing love to her. And I said, she needs adult ladies like you to love her. And they did. But it took them a little bit of stretch, Right? They're like, this is not, you know. We had kids smoking in the parking lot. Like, there's cigarette butts in the parking lot. It's like, it's better than in the church. And they said, okay, yeah, yeah, you're right, you know. They're, I mean, and so we had to start doing those things. We had to start reaching them. And so we have to understand that, guys, church is uncomfortable for people who don't know Jesus yet. Our words sometimes don't make sense, right? Sometimes our, our songs don't make sense, so we have to be willing to, to show them this is what Jesus is. This is how much he loves you. So we're going to be stretched. And so growth often comes during times of discomfort. And growth requires transformation. It requires transformation. God has to transform us to grow us. And so 
I want to show you a scene. This is incredible. And again, this is based on a true story. They started baptizing hippies in the ocean because they didn't have room in their church. Look at this scene. Why is it going to prove? Right, it's just water. It's where you freaking out. I'm not freaking out. I'm not freaking out. Okay, I'm freaking out a little bit. You're going to be fine. Do you fully accept Jesus Christ? for this moment since I first met you. Have you decided? Uh, um, I, I don't know. You want to decide right now? Yeah. Yeah, I do. And pray with me. Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. But you are the savior of the world. You are the savior of the world. I ask you to come into my life. I ask you to come into my life. I repent for my sins. I repent for all my sins. And I accept you as my Lord and Savior, my God and friend. And I accept you as my Lord and Savior, my God and my friend. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. So we have to be transformed inside, right? And so the kid in that scene, the whole movie kind of follows that kid. He was, he was into the drug scene. He was looking for hope. He was looking for peace in everything he could find. And he found it in Christ. And he was transforming. And so throughout this movie, you see him go from someone like that to eventually becoming a pastor. Uh, God called him into ministry to be a pastor. And so you see that. And so transformation, it requires transformation of our soul. And this is when we ask Jesus to forgive our sins, obviously. But then there's this big word that we use called sanctification. And basically, sanctification is just a word that means being changed over time. And so as we accept Jesus, he transforms our soul, and then he transforms our lives. We become more like him. And we've talked about this. You know, things that, that didn't used to bother us start to bother us, and things that we weren't passionate about, we become passionate about. It's becoming more like Jesus. It's this process as we read our Bible and, and submit to him and, and pray and spend time in his presence and go to church and get involved. He changes us. But it also requires the transformation of our priorities. As you get to know Jesus better, your priorities start to change. Things that weren't important become important. And things that used to be super, super important don't matter anymore. Because we have to submit that to him. And that, guys, is part of that discomfort, isn't it? This is part of that, ah, I wanted that so bad. And now it doesn't really matter. 
I thought that was so important, but it doesn't really matter, right? And so we have to be willing to allow him to change our priorities. And that, that applies individually as, as Christians, but it also applies as a church. Our priorities, I think you're going to have to turn that TV off right there. It's, I think they're controlling it from the fellowship hall. <laughs> Sorry. If you know, I'm a little distracted, I'm like, oh, there's a movie on. Um, and there's sound coming out of it. So <laughs> technology has not been our friend today. I mean, it has been one of those days. Everything worked on Thursday. I tried it. Everything worked. And this morning, it just, <laughs> so I don't know. So we have to be willing to allow God to change our, trans, our priorities as a church and as individuals. So as a church family, guys, if we want to reach those who don't know Christ, if we want to build families, what is that going to require? Sacrifice. It's going to require changing some things. It's going to require stretching us, right? It's going to require God moving us past our own preferences into what he wants for us as a church. And so, and that's exactly what happened in that movie. They had to change their traditional church. They had people without shoes on. They had people wearing shorts. I remember, I, like I said, I, I grew up in Missouri. I, I gave my life to Christ in Missouri. I went to Bible college in Missouri. Missouri is a very traditional church culture. I remember my pastor got asked to come preach at a church like an hour from us. He was wearing a blue shirt under his suit, and they wouldn't let him on the platform because he didn't have a white shirt on. He was like, are you, are you being real? Like, I'm from Texas. I, I'm very conservative. And they said, no, you're going to wear a white shirt. He had to change shirts and tie before they let him out there. I went to Colorado to be a youth pastor, and there were people wearing shorts on Sunday morning. I was like, what kind of heresy is this? <laughs> and then it dawned on me, who cares, right? It doesn't matter. And so you notice in the, in the movie, like, he went from wearing a, a shirt and tie every Sunday to, like, no tie to untucking his shirt, you know, to reach those who didn't know. And so, um, and that's what James talked about. And then it requires transformation of our plans. We have to be willing to submit our plans and our dreams to him. And guys, you've heard me say this a million times. I can't remember who actually said it first. But the church is the only organization in the world that exists primarily for those who aren't yet a part of it. We're here, not just for us. We're not here just to disciple ourselves, but we're here for who? For those who aren't here yet, who don't know Christ. That's what Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations. Go, as you go, make disciples. As you go, tell others about me so they can find me as well. And so that's as a church, but also in our personal lives. We're not just here to work a job and raise a family. We're here to work a job and raise a family that knows Jesus and help others come to know Jesus. And God has put you where you are. And, and some of you, he may be saying he wants you to change something, but he's put us where we are. We're not there by accident. God has put you in your job for a reason. There are people in your job that you can reach and share that nobody else can. God has put you in your family for a reason. You may be saying, oh, I was born into this cuckoo thing, you know, the circus and monkeys and all these things. Yeah, he's got you there for what? A reason. Because you can reach your family in ways nobody else can. You can reach them in ways that no one else can. And so we have to be willing to submit our future hopes and our dreams and our plans to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And then growth requires service. As you grow in your relationship with Christ, as you allow him to, tr to stretch you and transform you, he's going to ask you to serve. What does that look like? What does that mean? It's different for everybody. We all serve Christ in different ways. Everything, guys, everything you do is worship, right? Right? Everything you do is service to him. 
Your job, when you go to work every single day and you have a good attitude and you work hard for your employer, what is that? That's worship, right? Jesus, I'm here for you. Jesus, I'm wrestling cattle for you. Jesus, I'm, I'm doing this for you. Jesus, I'm working retail or I'm, I'm doing whatever for you. I'm doing this because I love you. Jesus, I'm raising my kids to follow you because I love you. Jesus, I'm serving my spouse because I love you, right? We do those things because we love him. So I'm going to show you one more little clip here. And all these are kind of advertisements because there just weren't a lot of clips out there that weren't. So I'll show you this. Jeanette tells me you're a pastor. Yes, currently. I know we must seem pretty strange. But if you look a little deeper, if you look with love, you'll see a bunch of kids that are searching for all the right things, just in all the wrong places. So to answer your question, how do I describe my people? They're sheep without a shepherd, chasing hard after lies. And the trouble is, your people reject them. So I ask you, Pastor, how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? We can only walk through doors open to us. And your church? Well, that's a door that's shut. And so that's what people around us are sheep without a shepherd. And so we have to serve so that they can know. So if we want to grow in our relationship with Christ, we have to be willing to serve others. In Mark chapter 10, verse 42, it says, Jesus called them together and said, you know, the rulers of this world lord it over their people and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and give his life as a ransom for many. And if we're called, guys, to fulfill this great commission, we have to be willing to fulfill the calling that God has given us. We've read several times this last year in Colossians where it says that he prepared good works for us in advance. That Jesus has a plan for your life and my life. And he has things that, that only you can do that no one else can. He has put us in positions to do things that no one else can do exactly like we can. He gave us our giftings and our skill sets, right? He's given you these things so you can use them. So you have to be willing, I have to be willing to serve others. So this, I love this moment in the movie. That's why I showed it to you. Because you see what's happening in that pastor's heart. What's he doing? God's starting to break his heart for those who don't know him, right? And that's what Jesus has to do to us. I have to be willing to, to see other people as Jesus sees them, right? As sheep without a shepherd. I have to be willing to see them as, as people that, that don't know Christ yet. And that's what we need to be doing. We need to be putting ourselves out there. Now, should your best friend be a Christian? Absolutely, because those are the people that are going to pour into your life. We need people around us who love Jesus and will encourage us and hold us accountable 
We also need people in our lives who don't yet know Christ, right? If there's nobody in your life that irritates you and has different opinions than you, you need to find one, right? (laughs) Find some people that don't know Christ and start hanging out with them. And you may say, I've got a ton of those at work. Okay, start talking to them. And guys, we don't have to be all awkward and, you know, up in their face, but you just have to be willing to, to share what Jesus is doing in your life, what Jesus has done in your life. And God will open doors when you ask him. He'll start doing that. He'll send people to you. You may not like them, but he'll send them. And so we have to love them. We have to be willing to serve others. And if we're going to grow in our relationship with Christ, we must be willing to serve people we don't agree with. You know what? Jesus gave his life for people that didn't agree with him. And that was us, right? He, the Bible says he died for us even before we knew him. Even before he loved him. He loved us first. And so, and in 1 Corinthians 9, you can read later, Paul talks about how he becomes like others. He says, I become all things to all people so I can reach some. That doesn't mean I act like them, but he says, I'm willing to go to them. I'm willing to go to people who don't agree with me. I'm willing to go to people and, and love them and share Jesus with them. So we need to, to be willing to love people who don't agree with us. In Luke 23, 34, remember on the cross, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. He died for people who persecuted him. Remember, even in his very closest friends, Judas betrayed him. And Jesus knew Judas was going to betray him. If that had been me, <laughs> lightning bolt, take him out. Leave a smoking crater, right? But he didn't. He loved him, even to the very end. Remember when Judas came to the garden, Jesus said, friend, do what, do what you have to do. Do it quick. Get it on. He loved him. And so we need to be willing to serve those who don't yet know Christ. And then lastly, if we desire to grow in our relationship with Christ, we must be willing to serve under authority. Under authority. And this is a big one. You know, I... When I was in Bible college, I always guys like, I'm going to be a lead pastor because then I don't have any authority over me. <laughs> we have more people over us than anybody, right? We serve under boards and we serve in our districts and all these things. And so, guys, one of the big hinge points in this movie is, is this young man who's preaching to the hippies. He had a hard time under authority. He had a hard time submitting himself under that pastor, and that caused friction. And again, true story, it caused friction. And they eventually had to kind of go their separate ways and do different types of ministries. But he had to be willing to submit himself under authority. And guys, we have to be willing to submit ourselves under authority. I have to be willing to serve under the people God has placed over me. And one of the issues that James talks about in the early church is like you have to be willing to go out to those who don't know. And in the early church in Acts, we see where they were having some friction because they had all these different authorities and they had different things. They had to figure that stuff out. So we have to be willing to serve under authority. And so we have to be willing to, to put our preferences aside and follow what God, God has put in our hearts and also what God has put in the hearts of those above us, right? So I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up this morning.